This morning, I want to share a word with you that I feel, uh, you know, I really, I, I believe my spiritual gift is encouragement. I like to encourage people. And I believe that I have a word of encouragement for you today. But I also feel like it's kind of, I feel it's a prophetic word. I just feel it in my heart that what I'm sharing with you today, I just feel that God is going to manifest in your life. And so I hope you're encouraged with what uh, I share with you today. But I want to, I want to just, you know, just encourage you today. You know, listen, we're in, we're over a month now. We're six weeks into this pandemic. I mean, I know that people are just getting tired. Uh, you know, we're just stressed out with the uncertainty. Uh, you know, people are getting cabin fever. The children are just ready to go visit with their friends and, and come on. Everybody is starting to feel a little stressed and, and, and just anxious. But I want to encourage you today that, um, that uh, with a principle right out of the word of God that I think can really encourage your heart this morning. And the principle is this, you can advance through adversity. Now, there's no doubt that everybody's going through adversity. But listen, one of God's most effective tools that he uses to advance our spiritual lives and make us better people and stronger people is adversity. And once we begin to understand this principle of adversity, and how it can advance your life, we'll never look at adversity again in the same light. It's within the context of this principle of advancing in adversity that the Apostle Paul writes this verse. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I'm sure you're familiar with it, but it says this, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, God causes all things to work together. That's a, that's a promise from the word of God. That's a blessing. And it's a principle right out of the word of God. Now, notice it doesn't say everything we go through in life is going to be good. That's not what it says. But what it does say is that everything will work together for our good. So in other words, God's not going to worse, uh, not worse, but waste any experience that we go through. In other words, God will take your darkest valleys and turn them into your break, your, your greatest breakthroughs. He'll take your darkest valleys and, and use it for your greatest breakthroughs. God will take your greatest hardships and turn them into your greatest blessings. Isn't that true? I mean, can't you look back at your life and see that when some of the darkest times in your life were also the greatest blessings in your life? So this morning, I want to talk to you about this, this principle of advancing through adversity. And I want to talk to you about how to advance through adversity. And I just want to give you a couple of thoughts here. The first thought is to advancing adversity is you got to keep a positive attitude. And you know, and, and nothing can make you or break you like a, a good attitude or a bad attitude, right? And so, you know, the thing about attitude is it's in our control. We can choose the attitude we're going to live with. But in James chapter one, in, in, a, in the, the most practical book in, in the New Testament, James says this in verse two, he says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the test 
testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect resolve so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, James says emphatically here, he says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Now, how many of you would agree that that being joyful when you're going through trials and tribulations is not a natural response, right? I mean, that's not how we typically respond. One translation, I love what it says. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Another translation says, my brothers and sisters, be very happy when you're tested in different ways. I believe what James is saying here is, is watch your attitude. Keep your attitude positive when you go through trials and tribulations. Don't allow your attitude to go south. What is your attitude uh, right now during this time? And, and why is that so important? Well, I believe it's because your attitude determines whether you're going to advance through adversity or not. Listen, you don't want to waste this time. I mean, we're in it. We can't get out of it. We have to go with the flow right now. God is in control. You know, there's one thing that we're learning during this time is that, listen, no president, no leader, no uh, political party is in charge. God's in charge. Amen. Somebody said, listen, it's not what happens to you, but what happens in you that makes all the difference in the world. And so your attitude is really important. Another quote that I love, it says that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. You can't control what happens to you, but you can sure, you can sure decide how you're going to react to it, right? And so the bottom line is our attitude is a choice. And every day we have to make a choice. We have a choice of what kind of attitude are we going we gonna to have today or what kind of attitude are we going to embrace. So we cannot change our past. We can't control how people treat us. We can't control our circumstances, but we certainly can control how we, how we react to what happens to us and keep our attitude positive. Listen, nothing can stop the person that has a positive attitude. And listen, nothing can help the person that has a negative attitude. If you can remember this quote, your attitude determines your altitude. In other words, the better your altitude or the better your attitude, the higher you're going to go in life. The better your attitude, the more blessings you will receive as you go through adversity. James 1-2 says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. So James encourages us to keep uh, keep a watch over our attitude. Make sure it stays positive and not negative. Amen. So that's the first point I want to encourage you with. I don't know what kind of attitude you have right now, but if you got a negative, a negative attitude, come on, just release that right now and decide today that my attitude is going to be positive. I'm going to have a faith filled attitude and not a negative, doubtful, uh, unbelieving attitude today. I'm going to put my faith in God. Amen. The second key to advancing through adversity is this. Avoid the woe is me self-pity syndrome. You know, one of the greatest traps of the enemy when you go through trials and tribulations and adversity is to get you feeling sorry for yourselves, thinking that you're the only one that is feeling like you are going through what you're going through. Well, I'm not trying to make light of your adversity. I'm not trying to make light of what we're going through. There are people that are really, really struggling right now. I'm trying not, I'm not trying to make light of that. But listen, 
I know if we lay down in the bed of self-pity that it won't do us a bit of good. It's just going to make things worse. Uh, Listen, I want to try to encourage you today. When James says, consider it all joy, my brethren. Listen, James wasn't writing that from some ivory tower or this five-star hotel somewhere and just enjoying the luxury of life. James was going through the persecution and the hardships of the New Testament church. And he says, count it all joy when you go through various times. So notice James says, when you encounter various trials, not if. And so listen, various trials are trials of all kinds. And so listen, we need to remember trials are inevitable. Uh, Trials are an inevitable part of life. And listen, you can't go through life without having hardships and trials. The question is, what are we going to do when we go through it? First Peter 4.12 says this, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery, uh, the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. The Amplifies says this, beloved, don't be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality as though something strange, unusual and alien to you and your position were befalling you. So Peter says, don't be amazed, don't be be bewildered. And bewildered means to be completely puzzled, confused and caught off guard. And so the apostle Peter says, listen, don't get caught off guard. Don't don't be puzzled and confused that you're going through hardships. Listen, why shouldn't we be amazed? Because Jesus already told us that we're going to go through hardships, right? And so listen, two reasons we not, we need to avoid the, the trap of self-pity. Because what happens is if you get in, if you lay down in the bed of self-pity, two things are going to happen. Number one is it, 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 um, it will cause you to become bitter at others. Whenever you start feeling sorry and you start feeling what was me, the inevitable trap is that you're going to start blaming other people. And so when you fall in the trap of self-pity, it usually leads to you becoming bitter at others. And listen, when you become bitter with others, it's going to multiply or magnify your problem. Being angry or blaming people is not going to help you a bit. Listen, blaming others don't make your adversity easier. It Normally makes it worse. And let me just stop just for a moment right now. I just want to encourage you. Listen, I just heard just recently on the news that, you know, that uh, uh, domestic violence is picking up. And, you know, listen, don't don't allow yourself to fall into the trap of self-pity and start taking it out on your family, your kids, your spouse. Come on, we need peace in your house right now. Come on, you need to get you need to stay together. Keep arm to arm. Stay in unity right there in your house, because that's where the Lord releases his blessing is where there's unity. Amen. But the other thing is the trap of self-pity. The reason why you want to avoid it is that it helps keep you from becoming bitter at God. You know, it's not uncommon for us when we fall into self-pity to all of a sudden want to shake our fists at God and say, God, I thought you loved me. I thought you were going to help me. Why am I going through this? Why did I, why am I suffering financially? Why is I'm going through all this difficulty? So listen, sometimes we get the idea that just because we're Christians, that we're not going to go through hard times. Well, friends, that's not the Bible. Jesus said this. 
In Matthew 5, 45, he says, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Listen, bad things happen to good people. That's what he's saying there. Christians experience hard times just like everybody else. But be encouraged today. God is going to help you get through this adversity. That's what he says in John 16, 33. He said, these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take courage. I have overcome the world. I think what he's saying there, he said, listen, I'm going to help you get through. So listen, Jesus doesn't promise us that we won't have problems. But he, what he does promise is that he's going to help us get through our problems. Listen, God is going to help you get through this. Be encouraged today. Amen. You know, I heard this story about this little boy and his uh, and his mom. Uh, they went to church and they were on the on the front pew and uh and the little boy was, you know, high energy type kid, you know, and, and, uh, all of a sudden she looks over there, she's just worshiping and, and he's standing up on the pew and she says, Hey son, get off of the pews. You need to sit down. And so, you know, he sits down for about a second and then he's back up. He's standing up on the pew. She's worshiping. There he is. He's standing on the pew again. And so finally she gets exasperated and she, she, you know, she corrects him harshly and says, I tell you, I'm telling you, you better sit down right now or, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have to deal with me later you know and so he he finally sits down and, and she looks over at him he looks at her and he smiles and he says mama he says listen I'm I'm uh I'm standing uh, I'm sitting on the outside but I'm standing on the inside and so he's like you can make me sit on the on the outside but I'm gonna keep standing on the inside and so listen you know sometimes that's what we need to do in life you know this circumstance wants to make you sit down it wants to sideline you but I want to encourage you why don't you just stand up on the inside amen come on why don't you just begin to uh, don't fall into that downcast woe is me self-pity trap come on rise up come on rise up in victory man or woman of God and declare I'm not letting the coronavirus sit me down down. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep worshiping. And I'm going to keep believing God to do something wonderful in my life. Amen. I love Psalm 34, 19. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. I love that verse. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord is going to deliver you. Saints, come on, believe that. Believe God with me that God is on the, he's on the scene and he's working on our behalf. Amen. And then finally, number three, the third key to advancing through adversity is this. Believe for good things to come out of your adversity. You know, listen, if there is one thing I've learned through the years of serving God is this. It's God can turn your lemons into lemonade. Amen. Come on. Come on. You preach with me right now. Listen, he can turn your trials into triumph. Amen. Come on. He can take your test and make it a testimony for his kingdom and for his glory. The Lord can transform the most difficult experiences in your life and turn them into powerful blessings. That's the principle. It doesn't seem like it should be in the natural, but it's a spiritual principle that all things work together for the good. I'm looking for good to come out of this. I'm prophesying that, that something good is coming out of this in your life. God is going to use this to bless your life. Amen. The apostle James reminds us that adversity produces blessing. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let me encourage you this morning. As a child of God, you can expect 
got great things in your life despite the adversity that you're being tested with right now. Amen. Now, I want to just I want to just talk about, you know, what kind of blessings you can expect right now and, and see if this relates to where you at right now. Number one, the first blessing that we can expect from adversity is expect to grow in your personal character. You know, listen, Proverbs 17, 3 says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. You know how the Lord tests our heart, I believe, is by allowing us to go through adversity. You never know what's really in your heart until you go through the fire of adversity. Listen, adversity re really reveals and surfaces what's in your heart. Somebody said Christians are like hot tea bags. You don't know what's really inside them until you drop them in the hot water. That's when you know what's really inside of them. Amen. I believe that's true. Remember when the disciples went through the adversity of that storm on Lake Galilee and the storm surfaced some deep internal issues that were going on in the disciples' life. In fact, in Mark chapter 4, in verse 38, it says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat uh, with his head on the cushion and the disciples thought they were going to drown. Remember, that. And the disciples woke him up. And listen, the Bible says, shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? I mean, they're shouting at the Messiah, the Savior. Come on. That's that's a bad attitude, my friends. And they had some things going on. So you see the storm surface, really three deep character issues in the disciples. As I just read that story, number one, the storm, the storm surface, their battle with the flesh. Come on. They were losing their cool and you might be losing your cool right now. But listen, just, just know, hey, God is trying to show me what's going on in my life right now. Another, another, uh, character issue was that the storm surfaced their spiritual shallowness because they're looking at the Messiah and saying, don't you care? Come on. That, that's, that's indicating their lack of spiritual maturity right there. God, don't you care? Well, certainly he cares. He died on the cross. I mean, certainly he loves us and cares for us. And the storm of adversity also surfaced their lack of faith. Jesus said, do you still have no faith? And so there were some internal issues going on. And one thing I know about storms is it might seem like everything's going good and, and we're doing good spiritually. And then we go through a storm and some things start surfacing in our life. I want to ask you the question, what's surfacing in your heart right now? What's coming out of your mouth? What is coming out of your behavior? And so listen, listen, God, I want to encourage you. You know, listen, if your flesh is dominating your life instead of the fruit of the spirit, it's time to just stop and say, wait a minute, Lord, come on, do like David in Psalm 51 and say, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, we need to remember this. God never allows our weaknesses to surface in our life to discourage us, but to improve us. The Lord allows us to see things in our life. And it's usually during adversity that he shows us these weaknesses in our character so he can shore up our character. Because listen, we can't continue to enjoy his blessings if we don't have godly character going on in our life. Amen. The second blessing you can expect in adversity is expect to be supernaturally empowered by the Holy Spirit. There's going to be a greater anointing on your life. I'm believing that right now, even as I'm sharing that. In fact, man, I feel the free songs right now. I know God's going to give you a greater anointing on your life. Amen. James 1.3 says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. What is endurance? It means having the moral and spiritual strength and ability to keep on going in the face of adversity. Amen. Endurance is having the ability to stay strong 
strong under pressure and not giving up and throwing in the towel. Listen, how do you grow, grow in strength and ability? How do you stay strong? I believe it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus said in Acts 1-8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the utmost parts of the earth. Endurance and strength, listen, my friends, comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And adversity has a tendency to weaken us in our spirit, in our natural strength, and it make us stronger in his strength. Second Corinthians 12, Paul, remember Paul had a, a, a time of adversity. And, and the Apostle Paul was experiencing this season of adversity. And Paul called it, his adversity, a thorn in the flesh. Remember that? And then, uh, and, and it was during that time that he was wrestling with this adversity that the Lord began to minister to him. And the Lord revealed to him, reminded him of the sufficiency of his grace and his power. And this is what, this is what the Lord shared with the apostle Paul. He records it in 2 Corinthians 12a. He says, concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might lead me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for power. Listen, power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. See, the apostle Paul was being reminded by the Lord in this season of his of adversity that his grace was sufficient for him, that his power was being perfected in him during this adversity. And I believe that for you. I believe God is perfecting his power in your life and you might be weakened in your flesh, but listen, your flesh can only take you so far. But if you learn how to walk in the power of his spirit and in the power of his might, there's no Goliath that be able to stand in the front of you. You're going to take their head off every time in Jesus name. Amen. Man, I'm feeling encouraged for you right now. God's on the scene and God's working in your life. Listen, you can expect to advance through adversity. You can expect God's power to flow in your life in a greater way. Listen, if there's one thing I believe that God wants to do during this time where we can't go to sporting events and we, we're very limited in what we can do as far as social gathering and all that, is He wants us to sit at His feet and learn to tap into His power and His presence so He can teach us how to live in the power of His might. Amen. And we'll be better for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And then finally, the third blessing you can expect from adversity is this. Expect supernatural blessing and provision through your, through your adversity. You know, I heard somebody preach years ago, an old great man of God. And he said this. He said, you know, he said, usually good and bad travel on parallel path, uh, tracks and they arrive about the same time. And he says, you know, it's amazing how while we're going through a hard time, God's blessing us at the same time. And I believe that. And I believe that's what James is saying. He's saying, consider it joy, my brethren. Get happy about what you're going through. How do you get happy? Knowing that the testing of your faith is producing in you endurance and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect, lacking in nothing. Basically, James is saying, be encouraged. 
courage. You can advance through adversity. Listen, the devil can't have his way in our life. He can't take us down. Come on. We got the king of glory on our side. Amen. The incredible thing about adversity is this. It can position you to receive a greater measure of God's favor and blessing on your life than you ever dreamed of. Amen. And that's the principle in Romans 8, 28. He says, I know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. God causes all things to work together for our good. So come on, let, let me remind you, God will take your darkest valleys and turn them into your greatest breakthroughs. I really believe that with everything in me. Amen. God will take your greatest hardships and turn them into your greatest blessings. Come on. You got to have faith right now. You got to stand strong in the Lord right now. It's a promised blessing from God's word. You can advance through adversity. You know, I'm just wondering right now, what kind of blessing God has for you? You know, as I began, I said, you know, I felt like this was a kind of a prophetic word. I just felt faith rise up in my heart. I felt faith rise up in my heart for you. I felt faith rise up in my heart for you that God is going to do something supernatural in your life. I don't know when it's going to be, but God's going to do something. Maybe it's a job promotion. Maybe you're right now, you're worried about your job. Maybe it's a job promotion. Maybe it's a restored relationship. During this time, God's going to restore your relationship. Maybe it's going to be increased influence. Listen, maybe God is just going to break something off of you during this time that has been keeping you in fear and worry and, and anxiety. Maybe right now God is working in you a deep work that it doesn't matter what's going to happen around you, that you won't be moved. You're going to be steadfast. You're going to be unmovable because of the grace of God that's on your life. I really believe that, saints of God, that God is working right now. Maybe the blessing that God has for you is just a greater measure of his favor and his blessing on your life. You know, I was thinking about this. You know, Abraham received a greater blessing. I mean, he received a tremendous blessing. You know what? After the adversity of having to lay Isaac on the altar. You know, I was thinking about David. You know, David received this greatest blessing. I mean, he had to face Goliath. It wasn't a small battle. He had to have courage. He had to have faith. He had to face the giant. But listen, on the other side of that giant, David became the king. He began to be such a great influence for the kingdom of God. Listen, I want to encourage you right now. The coronavirus is a giant that's facing us down. But listen, God has given us victory over the coronavirus. God has given us victory over adversity. Come on, God. God is going to take care of us. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. God is on your side and he's going to see you through. Amen. I was thinking about Joseph. You know, Joseph re received the promotion and place of power and influence where he was second in command and he saved so many people during this famine that went on in the land. But listen, that didn't happen until he first went through the adversity of the pit and the adversity of the prison. You know, all through the Bible, you can see that when God takes us through the fire, we can expect that there's going to be a blessing on the other side. Amen. I'm encouraged for you today. And I want to encourage your faith. I want you to just trust. Come on, lean in on the Lord right now and just say, listen, all things are working together for my good. Oh, listen, all things are working for together for my good. Uh, listen, I can't see it right now, but God's working for my good. Listen, sometimes you got to wait to 
see the blessing, but it's coming, my brother. It's coming, my sister. I have faith. I'm prophesying that over you, that God's going to bless you during this time. You're going to be better on the other side of this. I'm believing the church is going to be better on the other side of this. Come on. I'm believing that during this time, people are getting stripped from, from, you know, the things that we've leaned on, we've relied on, we've depended on, but it's going to make us more dependent on God, which means we're going to be stronger, which means we're going to be in better shape, which means we're going to be better positioned for the favor and the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Now listen, here's the most important key. Advancement through adversity will only come after we have fully surrendered to the plan, the purpose, and the will of God. You see, listen, notice the condition in Romans 8. It says this, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good. Many times we stop right there. But listen, that's not what the verse says. you got to read the whole verse. And it says this, all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So you see what he's saying basically is this. You can expect good things to come out of bad experiences and trials and hardships and adversity. You can expect to advance in, in adversity if you're loving God. And if you've surrendered to the will, the plan, and the purpose of God, that's when God will start using everything you go through for your good. Have you ever fully surrendered to the plan, the will, and the purpose of God? You see, one of the things that's happening right now, I believe all over the world, is people are realizing, hey, God's in charge. God's in charge. You're not in charge. I'm not in charge. Listen, your job is not in charge. Listen, we can't depend on man. We can't depend on natural things. We got to depend on him. Amen. And that's really where things begin to work in your life is when you totally, fully surrender your heart, your will and your your plan to God and say, God, I don't want to live my life. I want to live your life. Amen. Listen, the blessing of adversity that comes to those who are submitted to Him, surrendered to Him. And I don't know if you've ever done that before, but I want to encourage you to do that right now. Now listen, I believe this principle of surrender is not just for those that don't know God. I think it's for those who know God. You can know God, but do your own thing. You can know God, but not be living for Him. And I think right now we need to surrender to His will, His purpose, and His plan like never before and say, God, my life is not my own. My life is yours. Lord, you do with it what you want. You live your life through me. Could you do that right there? Would you just do me a favor and just close your eyes right there in your living room or wherever you're watching this? Just close your eyes. Not if you're driving. Keep your eyes open if you're listening to this and you're driving. But I just want you to just think about it with it for a moment. Listen, you remember what Jesus said, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. In fact, he says, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, but yet he forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Listen, the most important thing is your eternity. And listen, you can't experience an eternity with the Lord until you surrender to the Lord. And I don't know if you've ever done that, 
You can believe in God, but not be in surrender to God. I want to pray for you right now. Listen, you know, the greatest, greatest moment of my life was when I went through my deepest, darkest valley of adversity and I realized I needed God in my life and I made a decision to surrender my life to God. That's when my life began to turn around. And I know God wants that to happen for you. And so I want to pray for you right now with your head bowed, with your eyes closed. Just pray this, pray it from your heart. If there's others in the room, just just pray it under your breath and say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I give my life to you. Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you in my life. And I know you can work good out of the bad that we're going through. I want to advance through my adversity. But I need you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me. Just ask him. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me for every sin. Every rebellious act against you. I'm sorry. I choose this day to surrender my heart and my life to you. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me, for cleansing me, for washing me, for giving me a heart that's right for you. Now, I want to pray for all of us. I want to include myself in this prayer. I believe God is wanting us to surrender more. And he's wanting us not to resist or rebel or, you know, just look at what we're going through as our 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 enemy. I believe God is wanting to say, let me use this. Let me use this for your glory, for my glory. Let me use this for your good and my glory. So can we just right there, just close your eyes, saints. Maybe just lift your hands like this with me. Just take a deep breath right now. Just say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender. All things work together for my good. Because I love you. And I'm surrendered to your will, your purpose, and your plan. I surrender to you, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for working a deep work in my life. Jesus' name. Now, I declare, I prophesy that relationships are going to be restored in families. I prophesy better jobs are coming. Divine provision is coming. I'm I'm declaring right now that the peace of God is just going to, come on, things are going to break off your life that have been holding you back for years. Come on, lest the grain of wheat die, fall into the ground and die, remains alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Much fruit is coming to your life. I, I declare that. I believe that. And I prophesy that to you right now in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you. We love you. Listen, at the end of this this, uh, message, you'll see a tab there to connect with us. If you've surrendered your life, if you want to let us know that, we have some resources. We want to just give you some some tools to help you. If you want to put in a, if you have a prayer request, please let us know how we can pray for you. We're going to stand in the gap with you. And also there's a giving tab there. If you want to give, I encourage you to give. If you go to another church, I encourage you to give to the local church so that we, the kingdom of God can continue. We love you guys. We thank you for the for just uh, tuning in. For uh, We are so, so looking forward to being with you. The day is coming soon. And man, I'm telling you, it's going to be a party when we get to worship again. God bless you and be blessed this week.